Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bears Nation, baby. Just want to kick it off by thanking our players. When you have adversity like this and, and there's a lot of losing towards the end of the season, I was blown away by our guys' ability to stick together. They practice with energy, and I think that's rare, but it speaks volumes on their character, how much they love the game, and the buy-in that they have for the direction that we're going. As improbable as it may have been at the beginning of the day, the Chicago Bears have just clinched the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Wow, winning. All right, all right, all right. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. Powered by, powered by, powered by Bet, Bet, Bet Stamp. Trying to focus on, you know, getting better as a player, getting better as a quarterback, and getting better as a team. Damn straight. And you know this, man. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. See you in the Super Bowl. It's Bears Nation, baby. Touchdown, Bears! Woo! Yes! Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Welcome in. It is Bears Nation podcast. It is Monday, January 23rd. And just like clockwork, like we promised you, because we don't lie to you guys. We care about you. You mean a lot to us. We don't lie to you. So we're back to do the defensive grades for the Chicago Bears following the 2022-23 season. Myself and Kevin Lapka, we did offensive grades last week. We're going to do defensive this week, and then we're also going to do a draft of off-season moves. We're just going to do five, do it snake style. I'll give Kevin the first overall pick because I already know what he's going to do. So we'll do that. But first, we are going to do the defensive grades, which we'll get into in a second. But this is Bears Nation Podcast. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? How are you doing? You have a good week? Excited Great week. week for you. I mean, it's good. Monday, but... It is Monday. We got some boring NFL games. You know, that wasn't very fun. Meaningless, yeah. They didn't mean much. Yeah. Well, they meant a lot, but they were boring. I don't know. I didn't enjoy watching any of those games, really. Did you? Chiefs Jaguars I mean, was good. It was okay. It's okay. I mean, Mahomes got hurt. And, I mean, I won't pretend my full attention was on it, but yeah, I don't know. Bears would have won if they played. I thought this you weekend. were gonna laugh. Damn, I thought that was good. <laughs> what did you say? I, I might have missed it. I said I won't pretend my full attention was on it, but it was good. <laughs> uh, there you go. But I yeah, I mean, Eagles Giants was an absolute blowout. That was nothing right from the jump. I thought Chiefs Jaguars was a decent game. Uh, I mean, the Sunday games. For the most part, Bills-Bengals was decent. Uh, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be, but it was a decent game. Uh, and then, I mean, Cowboys-Niners was just a rock fight. Like, that was oh, gross. 
But yeah, I mean, they were they were mostly gross games. Uh, I mean, with the biggest blowout being Eagles-Giants, obviously, which we all knew was going to happen. But this is an NFL Nation podcast, Kevin. This is Bears Nation Sorry. podcast. And as such, we will get into some Bears-specific stuff. Um, I know everyone was enthralled with our Kevin Warren discussion last week. Uh, we will not be r- running that back. We're going to get right into it, uh, right into the defensive grades. And do we want to include Matt Eberflus in this again? No. No, right? Okay. So we'll go right to Alan Williams, uh, the defensive coordinator who he brought with him from Indianapolis, who was supposed to start the beginnings of this scheme and of the switch and uh, rebuilding the Bears defense and rebuilding the legendary Bears defense, because that's what you're known for here in Chicago is the defense, obviously. And then Roquan Smith gets traded. Robert Coyne gets traded. Guys get hurt in and out of the lineup. Eddie Jackson goes on IR. Kyler Gordon misses a couple games. Jaquan Brisker missed a couple games. In and out. But regardless, I think Alan Williams gets a D-plus for me. Uh, I'll give him credit for the work he was able to do with Jack Sanborn, most notably, Mm -hmm. bring him from an undrafted free agent to likely your starter that you feel good about starting next year, Uh, as well as Jaquan Brisker obviously becoming a, a potential star in the making. A lot of that is his own talent and his own work that he puts in, but I think the coaches get a little bit of credit for that. And then I will give him a little bit of credit for Kyle Gordon's progression as the year went on. Kyle Gordon did get better. So I think there's a little bit of credit for that. But for the most part, I mean, just the defensive line, it's hard to see past that. It was just an absolute mess all year and really why your defense was not good all year. Because as Matthew Flew said in his first day in Chicago, oh, well, the defensive line, we're in the trenches. That's where everything is. The three technique is the motor. And you got nothing. Uh, all up and down the defensive line, you got nothing. Uh, all year and it was a really bad performance um so d plus borderline c minus for me from alan williams just because of the the little silver linings that you that's unfair to me though that's because uh, that's out of his hands how can you really evaluate alan williams like sure like did you at any point because here's the thing about last year right there were a number of times last year where you had the talent on defense and that was unquestioned, but you were very, we were very critical of Sean Desai's usage of the defense and the play calling and the packages, right, in certain situations. Sure. And that was really, really prevalent for a majority of the season. And there was no excuses for Sean Desai at the time. I mean, he wasn't the most talented defense, but it was good enough. They should have been better than what they were last year. Sure. But this year... I didn't really have any serious gripes or issues with the way Allen Williams was calling defensive packages in certain situations or the way that they were trying to scheme defenses uh, uh, against, you know, some of the best players in the league. But at the same time, like, it's it's just so hard to evaluate because you, you, you're just toting this line of, is it the defense coordinator's fault not getting most out of the players? Or is it just the fact that these players aren't good enough? Now, I think both can be true. Right. We are so big on this podcast about coaches elevating players. And yeah, you don't need superstars at every position because a coach, a great coach can get the most out of average players and turn them into above average players. But for certain guys on this defense, they just ain't good. No, no coaching right. saving. Them. You know what I mean? Like there, there's just nothing you can do about certain guys, right? Who have been here for a couple of years, you know, you're trying to squeeze the last bit out of them and there's just nothing else to squeeze out of them. That's the case for a lot of these guys. And at the same time, you know, this wasn't the plan for the defense to start this the year. They had this idea that they were going to get Larry Ogunjobi, that they were going to at least do something to try to make this defensive front, specifically in the trenches, a little bit better. That fell through sort of out of their hands. They were, Alan Williams really was thrust into this with 
a bunch of young talent on the defense, a bunch of guys that he, uh, former fifth rounders, former sixth rounders, former undrafted players that he has to turn into a serviceable defense. And Shane M does make a good point. If you remember, and this season felt so long and up and down, and there were so many factors that you forget this, the defense was good for the first couple of weeks. I mean, they weren't winning. I mean, they were winning games. You know, they, they shut down the Patriots in Foxborough. They obviously shut down the 49ers Whoa. in the monsoon. And, you know, the 49ers are a completely different team now with Brock Purdy and Chris McCaffrey, but... <clears throat> and on dry land. That, that, yeah. Well, sure. Not out but at sea. the Bears were able to put up 19 points. Why couldn't the 49ers, right? You know what I mean? Like, they, they did a good job early in the year, is sure. the crevice of this point. So, I'm going to give Sean Desai, like, a, a C-plus for that, just because I think it's too... Uh, it's too did I say Sean Desai? Sorry. <clears throat> Alan Williams. A C-plus, just because I think it's too difficult to determine what his doing was with this defense. But you do talk about the positives in Jack Sanborn and, and the rookies and and really the throughout the course of the season, the development of Kyler Gordon from week one to what now, uh, week 18, where he's intercepting both Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Apparently anyone can intercept Josh Allen. I don't know what was going on with him uh, past couple weeks of the season in the playoffs. But I'll give Allen Williams a C plus. It's going to be another year. But hey, at, at the same time, like, if Vic Fangio wanted to come here again tomorrow, like you'd take him, right? Yeah, now, the defense is different, probably, but like, yeah, that, that's you know, the problem. You'd have to. Switch it, it's not back logical over. given his relationship with Eberflus and, and the way right. they run their defenses, and it's a totally different defense. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? I like, mean, you, you, you're you're right about like we have to consider what you were expecting this year. I mean, the, shut down the Patriots. Yeah, you shut down Mac Jones and. Uh, Whatever, Bailey Zappi, the combination of the two of them. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, God, okay. I hope so. It's just, yeah, I mean, okay, I'll elevate to a C minus. Um, just be, because you did sway me on some things, being like, we knew this wasn't going to be great. So that does play a factor. I guess <clears throat> what I'm more disappointed in is the lack of production from the defensive line. Like, how you got nothing out of Dominique Robinson. You got nothing out of Travis Gibson. You got nothing yeah. out of, yeah. you know, for the most part, Justin Jones and Al Kadeem Muhammad, who, like, you're expecting something and you got nothing. You got zero Zippo all across the board. So that was just disappointing in my eyes, but you're right. I, I mean, considering everything that we knew about this defense going into the year and the lack of talent, I, I'm willing to go to a C minus. Um, I mean, if Gordon and Brisker and Sanborn can continue taking steps forward, I think then we'll come back to this and be like, okay, well, you know, we didn't have to hit the panic yeah. button. And we rightly didn't. So um, that's fair. Um, I mean, everyone on the defensive line gets an F, right? It's just Fs across the board. Not Justin Jones. He doesn't deserve an F. <laughs> uh, what do you want to give him? A, a D? A D plus? No, he, he, oh, oh, really? Wow, you're that low on him? I was going to give him like a C plus. I was going to, like, he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. I mean, look, and, and here's the thing that we should do for all these, for a lot of these players, Jake, actually, realistically. Which which of these guys are going to be cap casualties come the offseason? At least the guys who are on multi-year contracts. Because I was looking at this as, you know, we're going to do this snake draft for free agency signings a little bit later in the show. That's going to be interesting. I was looking at it. There's a lot of really interesting cap casualties to explore along this defensive front or, or along the defense in general. But specifically, let's take a look at two guys, Jake. You know, I assume you're going to grade Al-Kadim Muhammad an F. You just said you're grading the whole defensive line. You're giving yeah. him an F, right? Yeah, but I'll give I'll give Justin Jones a D plus. Like it's it's nothingness. It's like it's just underwhelming completely. <laughs> sure, it, it it doesn't move the needle. He doesn't move the needle for this sure. defense, right? Now the only reason why I would say hey maybe you have to retain him is because you're at this point 
where you just need fresh bodies, you need warm bodies, you need somebody. You know what I mean? Like if you got rid of Justin Jones, a player who's fine, you replace him with either a rookie or another, uh, like you, you probably just get another guy of his age and his well, talent. You know I mean, what I mean? If, if, if you replace him with Jalen Carter. Well, sure. It, in the event that, that, yeah, sure. But, you know, if you approach free agency, now he would be a post, uh, he would be a post July for June 1st cut anyway. So, you know, everything would play out and then you could cut him afterwards. You could see what you do in the draft and free agency, uh, you know, and, and let all that play out. Um, but here, let's take a look at Al Kadeem Muhammad first. All right. I want to read this out to you because this is fascinating to me. His dead cap, if he were cut, is, is only 500000 and you and his cap hit is forty five or four million five hundred thousand. You save four million dollars in cap space in twenty twenty three by cutting him. And his dead cap is only half a million. That is the a no brainer. It doesn't matter if he's a post June first cut or pre June first cut. It's the same. Cut his ass tomorrow. I'm sorry. I mean, he was a net, he was a net negative for yeah. you. I mean, for what you were paying him, and we oh god, well, you, him you paid him on potential. Like, it was like, oh, well, this guy has shown flashes. Maybe you can get some, like, that was what he brought. And then it obviously fell flat. Absolutely. So, I mean, what do you think about that? If if he were a cap casualty? I mean, you have to. You have to. You say $4 million, your debt cap is only 500 k Right. And, like, you you assume that you can put that $4 million to someone, to an upgrade, even if it's not through the draft. I mean, let's say that they get, you know, because you're going to, you're going to get Will Anderson and or Jalen, not and, but or Jalen Carter, presumably. So that's going to elevate the defensive line. And that eliminates one of these guys who we just talked about. So, yeah, I mean, with that financial, you know, loophole, I guess if you want to call it that. Like, I think, yeah, for sure you do that. One thousand percent. Yeah, it, it's it's an absolute no brainer. It's so confusing. Like, how did that happen? Right. When you when we go back to Alan well, Williams, you know, that's. That's another one where it's like, I mean, this was a guy who had, would he have like eight sacks last year in Indy? And we were like, well, maybe he could be a 12-sack guy, right? And it, with Maddie Reflus in an increased role, Oof. right? You know, like we were pitching that off, we were pitching that narrative in the offseason. And and it wasn't entirely stupid. Like he had shown flags no. in Indy. He was a relatively I mean, that was like player. peak of the peak ceiling. Like that was everything <laughs> right. goes right scenario. I mean, we also have to remember, and you brought this up a little bit when I was kind of bringing my criticisms of uh, Williams. We knew what this was going to be. You were just trying to fit people in at positions where you just needed bodies. Like, you were just trying to be like, all right, we'll take this guy, we'll take this guy, and okay, this, this guy's familiar with Matt Eberflus and his system and his style. All right, bring him in, and maybe he has some potential. Maybe he hits it, maybe he doesn't. Obviously, he doesn't. But I, that's where you were at as far as the roster was. Like, you just had to, like, bring these guys in and hope one of them panned out. None of them panned out, but, I mean, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like... At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It really right. doesn't matter. You know, it yeah. helps you get the number one overall pick. And, and it's easy. And it's easy to move on. It's not like a. It's not like a Pernell McPhee, Lamar Houston situation where you're just stuck. Like right. you can just move on. And that's and that was kind of remember when these signings, like these one two year deals, happened. We were kind of like, this is good because now you're not constricted. You're not stuck a year from mm-hmm. now if you want to move on from these guys. This was kind of the scenario that we talked about too. Like, okay. Almost none of these guys worked out. You can kick them to the curb and try again with a fresh batch of the same type of guys. Like, and, and we'll get to it. Like, I think Nicholas Morrow is probably a guy that gets brought back. But, like, guys like Muhammad, you could just be like, all right, see ya. It didn't work out. Like, you you stunk. We'll take a flyer on someone else now. Yeah. You have tape no, on your fingers? 
Yeah, band-aids. Sorry. <laughs> I got some blisters on my basketball. So let's take a look at Justin Jones now. Same sort of situation, right? So you look at Justin Jones. Jake just graded him an F. I, I think that's unfair. I think he deserves maybe like a C. I mean, he he was in the backfield a couple of times, making some tackles for loss. He wasn't great as a pass rusher, but I remember him in the run game being a run stuffer in certain situations. He, he was fine. But anyway, same thing with his cap casualty, all right? His cap hit in 2023 is $7,400,000. His cap savings... $5 million, dead cap, $2,500,000. Decent amount of dead cap, but again, you're saving $5 million. And again, if, this is, if you're cutting Justin Jones, you probably have to, even if you do draft Jalen Carter, you have to you know, reload somewhat Duran Payne or another one of the, you know, the top defensive tackles in free agency, plus you know, a fringe guy, maybe a $3 million a year guy, someone down the list. Um, uh, of defensive tackles. No one, you know, coming to the top of my head right now on free agency. We'll do that later. But big dead cap, but also $5 million in savings. What are your thoughts? Is Justin Jones a potential cap casualty? So he was a two-year contract, and he was one of those guys that you kind of thought maybe could stick for an extra year. If So I guess it depends on what the Bears are going to do with the number one overall pick. Like, if they're, if they're talking Indianapolis right now, but let's say theoretically in this fantasy world that we're Let's step into make-believe land. Ryan Poles is on the phone with Chris Ballard right now. And Ryan Poles has his board with the roster, whatever, however his setup is. And he's sitting in his office, and Chris Ballard's offering him to go back to number four as well as, you know, a haul of other picks. He's saying, okay, we go back to four. Well, you know, and Chris Ballard's like, we really want Will Levis, let's say. All right, well, they're going to take Levis one, and then and then Young's going to go two. Um you know, so that leaves us with one of Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. So, you know, let's say, again, this is make-believe land. So let's just say it's going to be Jalen Carter. Let's, since it's fantasy land, let's say it's 100% going to be Jalen Carter there. That might make it easier to be like, okay, Justin Jones, you know, thanks for everything. But let's take this $5 million with the $4 million we're saving from Kadeem Muhammad or however the financials were. We're saving almost $10 million. And so, all right, we'll take that. Because we're going to get this game wrecker in the draft who, at the top of the draft who we really like. And we're going to move on from you two. And we're going to take that $10 million and we're going to give it to Orlando Brown Jr. instead. Then, then that's then fine. But at this point in the season, obviously we can't know what's going on there. So I, I think it depends on what the plan is going to sure. be with that money. Like if you do that, you have to have a plan with that money. Because if you go into next season with the minimum amount of money that you need to field an NFL roster by the rules in place by the NFL, like... Then everyone's gonna be like, "Well, what the hell? Like, why?" I get wanting a clear space for rookies, but you still need warm bodies on the roster. Right. So, if you have a plan for that money, and you're saying, "Okay, we're gonna take Jalen Carter at four, theoretically, or even at one, I don't know." But if you're if you're set on Jalen Carter, then yes, it's easier to move on from Justin. Or if you're gonna get Anderson and move on from most of the defensive edge guys, well, they're gonna move on from those guys anyway. Without a doubt. Right. But, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's, it's interesting because at the same time though, like I don't, I gotta, I gotta double check at what, if he's a player that his dead cap would be greater if he was a pre June 1st cut. Let me take a look real quick because like at the same time, right. You do have to, so, you know, I, I get what you're saying about, okay. So his dead cap and savings are the same, whether he's a pre June 1st release or post June 1st release. I get what you're saying about, well, you, you can determine this after what happens in draft free agency, right? Like, you can figure sure. this out afterwards. But if you're talking about these savings and you're talking about having a strategy, you probably want to know 
That like, if you were to cut Justin Jones, that dictates the way you approach the draft, right? That dictates whether you take Jalen Carter or Willie Anderson, maybe. That dictates how you draft in the later rounds. It dictates how you spend in free agency, who you spend your top dollar on. Do you spend your top dollar on Jerron Payne or do you spend your top dollar on an edge rusher or someone else or, or, or Orlando Brown, right? Like, in, in a lot of situations, the luxury that the Bears have is they can do both. If you want to spend top dollar on Orlando Brown Jr. and Jerron Payne, you have the flexibility financially to do that. But I think you probably want to have this strategy. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but it, it's a possibility. Anyway, I'm giving him a, a C plus. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if he's here, fine. Like, I'm not going to be upset if Justin Jones is here. I'm not. Like, it, it, it's, but it just doesn't move the needle. Like, I don't think he makes you a better football team by that large of a margin. But anyway, let's move on with our grades here. I mean, do we do... <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll do Dominic Robinson because he's the most prevalent. Uh, started hot week one, comes out like a bullet and is wrecking the game against the 49ers. A big part of the reason that arguably you won that game in the first place. Everyone's like, oh, this the Bears got a steal. Fifth round, he's already making uh. impact plays. Here we go. They got someone on the edge. Great. Here we, like, let's do it. And then he disappears and mm-hmm. doesn't, get a, doesn't even get a quarterback hit for about 10 weeks. If not more, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but he disappeared completely. And I know he's a fifth round pick and he always was projected as to Correct. be a project. Correct. The guy that's positions, he was a guy that had to get bigger, get faster, work with the coaches. And so I can't give him a failing grade because he was a fifth round rookie. If we're going off expectation and then projection, I mean, I guess I'll give him, like, I guess I'll give him a C minus. Like that week one game is doing a lot of heavy lifting there, but you kind of saw what he could be. Like, even if he's just that from that game, like if he's 80% of the production in the week one game against the Niners, for a fifth round pick, you're taking that 100%, a hundred times out of a hundred. So I guess I'll give him a C minus, like just barely scrapes into the C category, but it's for the most part, a disappointment, I guess. He flashed a little bit again at the end of the season. So it's just, it's that middle period where he was just completely a non-factor is what's troubling. Yeah, again, see the, see the unfortunate reality of it is him playing so well in that first game just immediately raised the floor for the expectations right. for him when all along, this was a player who really wasn't supposed to be much of a factor at 2023 at all, right? I mean, we did a breakdown yeah. video of him and people, you know, people really enjoyed that one because we were talking about what this guy can be in the future after a full year of development and playing the position after being a wide receiver and two two years ago and, and at Miami of Ohio. Like this is a, a guy from a small Mac school who's now coming to the NFL, playing a different position, who needs to, you know, put on a little bit, probably a little, little more weight. I don't know. I He's got an offseason to do it. So I'm not, you know, like we could grade, I'll grade him a C minus for the year, but potential for me is still at like a B minus. Like his potential yeah. to be an impact player. He's not going to be great. He's not going to be Khalil Mack. He's not going to be Micah Parsons, but he could be an impact player for you, a guy who can slot in when your premier edge rusher or whoever that may be in the future is uh is tired throwing Dominique Robinson see if he can you know wreak a little bit of have ha- havoc and and wear down that you know offensive line because of how quick he is so I just think it's unfortunate that people started to generate unrealistic expectations for what he was supposed to be during the year because of how well he played earlier in the year so when he saw that decline in his play people generally were ready to give up on him when. We have to remember all along 
the plan was for him not to even be on the field this much, right? I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I do believe that development by trial is the greatest form of development, right? Like being out there and getting the reps is the best way that you can develop as a player and playing against, you know, you know, top players in the league is the best way that you're going to learn and get better at the game. But this was a guy who was, you know, supposed to be in the depth chart behind Travis Gibson, behind Al-Qadeh Muhammad, you know, behind all these different guys. And, you know, everyone on the line just played bad enough or was hurt where it was like, dude, you're a starter now. Like this fifth round rookie who was a wide receiver two years ago is now a starting defensive end in the NFL. Like that was not supposed to happen. So I'll give him again a C minus for the year, but the potential for me remains there. It's going to be a critical offseason for him and see if he can develop and put on the right weight um, and, and just turn into hopefully a force of defensive end. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I hope it's still and, out there for Dominique. Imagine if his week one, you know, whatever uh, production had happened in the last week. We'd be like, hell yeah, you got a guy now. It's just, like you said, the floor was raised too high too early, probably when it comes to him. Um, All right, moving on to, I dropped my pen. Moving on to the counterpart to Dominic Robinson on the opposite end, Travis Gibson. I mean, a guy who we've been saying breakout off season, pivotal off season for two, three years now. I mean, seemingly his whole career has been, all right, here it is. All right. The breakout's coming. All right. Travis Gibson. A lot of potential. I mean, D minus. It just was F. was nothing. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was just not good. I mean, he's just been a guy where you've been banking on his potential year after year, and it just never comes through. Yeah, uh, it's just unfortunate. You know, again, Travis was a fifth rounder, pick one fifty five. You know, I think a lot of times we'll we'll get into situations where we start to <laughs> we, we we have we have hope. Right. And this happens all the time. You have hope for all these guys. You see the flash. You see the flash one time. You're like, Travis Gibson, fifth Bones. rounder. You know, he might, he, he might be that, that late round steal, that, that, you know, the, the coveted Ryan Pace late round steal. You know, it's not going to work out every time. It probably only does work out like 35% of the time. I mean, if it's that. not often. If that, it's not often that you find a guy who is consistently starting and playing well as a fifth rounder in the NFL for a for years, right? I mean, that's why Braxton Jones has been so valuable and so and graded so highly for us this year. So I think you just reached a point with him where he, he's just he's just not he's just not he just doesn't figure it out. Right? He had three sacks this year. He had less sacks than Jaquan Brisker. He had 17 tackles. Well, I mean, that goes just, for most. That it goes for the entire defensive line. Jaquan Brisker was the leading sack uh, was the sack leader for your Chicago Bears in 2022. Unbelievable. Safety. Um, Reminder. Safety. Uh, sa- yeah, safety. Exactly. Uh, and I got to double check. I mean, Travis is a free agent, I believe now. Um, so he's going to be. Uh, yeah. And even if even if he's not, he's gone. I mean, you're not keeping Travis Gibson around. Let's see. I mean, it doesn't cost you anything anyway. But he is not a free agent. He is a free agent next year. His cap hit is $1 million this year. If you were to cut him, uh, your dead cap is 81000 Your cap savings is a million. So. They're going to cut him. Goodbye, Travis Gibson. You had a good career. No, you didn't have a good career, but that's okay. <laughs> thanks for the um, memories. Thanks for the memories, Travis Gibson. And hey, Pierre, man, makes a good point. Why the hell did they release Roy Robertson Harris a couple years ago? I mean, he's been great with Jacksonville. Great. I mean, it just added to the list of things that the past regime of guys that have been let go or guys that have just been allowed to walk or guys that you've whiffed on. 
Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, social media memes today have been, remember when Ryan Pace took Adam Shaheen in the second round and George Kittle George went Kittle. fourth round? So, yeah, that's, that's a big thing. Or fifth round, whatever it was. Like, yeah, I mean, the Roy Robertson-Harris conversation, I think, wasn't he hurt, like, when they released him or something? It was it was weird. It was bizarre, I remember. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, that sucks, obviously. But who knows? Who knows if this new regime would have evaluated him that way? Like, there's no guarantee they would have kept him, you know? So it's, it's that it's, you get into the what aboutisms, what aboutisms and the what if game, and then that's just a really dark path when Chicago Bears. So we're not going to do that. Um, moving to the linebackers, let's let's start happy. Jack Sanborn, A+. plus. A+. I mean, undrafted free agent, comes oh in, makes God. a million tackles, unfortunately gets hurt, but... Looks like a guy, at least for next year, that you know, all right, Jack Sanborn, starter. Like, that's one less thing you have to worry about, at least for next year, if not longer. It's incredible. This guy's getting paid $855,000 a year to be your starting, you know, leading tackler and, and starting middle linebacker. Like, are you kidding me? This yeah. is great. And, and hey, like, let's not forget, right? This isn't a miracle story here. Like, oh, the miracle undrafted free agent. Like, it was relatively shocking that Jack Sanborn went undrafted. Like, he was good in college. Like, he was very good in college. People just didn't think his game would translate well to the NFL. Maybe a little undersized, right? Like, people just didn't think he could be a force in the league despite being really productive at Wisconsin. So, that's the other thing where, you know, when you think about... And I was like, Wisconsin is like LBU. <laughs> yes, they're LBU. They, they're, you're in the Big Ten. They're known for producing linebackers. They're known for producing, yeah. you know, good defensive players. Like, this isn't a fluke, right? And... and, and I say that because there are situations when you get a team as bad as the Bears were this year, you, you slot in a bunch of undrafted phases, and, and it's sort of like sure. roulette. Like, one of them's probably going to play fine, right? Well, like I mean, kind of like Graham what you Jr. do with the free agents. Like, you just take flyers yeah. on guys. You take flyers, right? But what I'm saying is, like, sometimes guys just play, like, good for a couple weeks, right? Like, Thomas Graham Jr., a couple of years ago, like, played really <laughs> well. And I, I thought he should have been on the team, but he ends up getting cut. He's not in the league anymore. And it's like, well, you know, he yeah, it just doesn't work out. But, like, the reason why I don't think it's a fluke is, again, this wasn't really supposed to have, like, he wasn't really supposed to be an undrafted free agent. This is a guy that could have been taken in, like, the fifth round and, like, wouldn't have been that crazy. You know what I mean? So when you talk about sustainability, like, I don't think this was a Jeremy Lin moment for Jack Sanborn here. Like, this wasn't just, hey, eight weeks of greatness. That was so awesome. Cool. He's not going to be able to, to retain that in 2023. No, I think he will. So you have a piece there. Value is off the charts, A+. Plus. And again, the comparison to Roquan Smith is real. Like, and, and all it takes is two figures. $20 million, $855,000. That's the only two figures that I care about. Jack Sanborn will never be Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith is a great player, and he, he I guess he won the award for, like, best linebacker in the league this year that they gave out. Like, I don't know. Like, whatever. I don't really Finally care. Came in all um, like, whatever. Like, it didn't help you win a playoff game, and yeah, Lamar Jackson wasn't playing, but ultimately, that's what we care about, right? Uh, those are the only two things that matter. $20 million, $855,000. The value that you get for Jack Sanborn in comparison to Roquan Smith is times a million. So, A-plus Jack Sanborn. All right, uh, next to him, Nicholas Morrow, uh, one-year deal. He's going to be a free agent, but I think, honestly, like, I give him, I, I, yeah, I, I think they will. And <clears throat> whether you, I mean, obviously they're going to draft guys, um, but I think for his veteran leadership, like, you can't have just all rookies and second-year players. You just can't. So I think Morrow played well enough, and I think he's at least a respected voice in the locker room, and it seems like he has a decent connection with the coaches. I'll give Morrow a C plus. I think he was unspectacular, but he was solid. 
I'll give a B plus. I mean, I, I, I maybe B plus is a little lofty. I, I, let's I was go say, it seems a little aggressive. Let's go B. I, I had B written down. Sorry, I, I, I misspoke. Um, C plus isn't bad. Like again, you know, you think about game changing plays. You think about t- takeaways. I don't think he had a. He might have had one interception this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but you don't. Uh, other than maybe that, you don't think about you know many other plays that he did have one interception. Uh, but zero sacks, zero forced fumbles, you know, 83 tackles, tied for 17th in the league. Not bad as far as getting to the football and making plays. Uh, you know, he had 11 in one game against the Eagles. He, he was fine, right? He was fine. Right. Uh, That's what but, he was. He was solid but unspectacular. Yeah, but like for the again, when you talk about guys for next year, I will take uh, for the yeah. amount of holes that you have to fill defensively. I'll take a guy who's solid but unspectacular. And, and again, you never know if. You know, another year in the defense, a little more development. Nicholas Morales, how old? I mean, he, he can't. He, he's he's, he's twenty seven, right? He's not. Wow. He, he he he's on the right side of thirty, right? So you know, or that's not how you say it. He, he's he's a couple. Yeah. No, you're you're yeah. He's on the right, right side of thirty. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Right side of thirty. You know, you 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 bring him back on another one year deal, or, or or you know what? Hey, thanks, two year deal. I don't care. Sure. You know, again, I'm fine with that. So he he doesn't. He's not a detriment to the team. Right, He's 100%. cheap, 100%. And, and that's a guy that was here this year, too, for what, for as many rookies as you're expecting to bring in, especially if you get, like, three, four more draft picks in this class alone when you trade the number one overall pick. Like, you're going to need guys like Morrow who have been around and know the ropes and can kind of lead right. some of these guys. So, yeah, I, I think I, I'm going to stick with a C-plus, solid but unspectacular. Uh, I think he will be back. Uh, I'm going to lump Matt Adams and Joe Thomas in together because they didn't play that much. They were rotational guys. I get same thing. Solid C plus. They did their job. They did what you asked of them. They were thrust into starting roles by the end of the season. Uh, C plus. Thanks. Uh, if you want to reward them with a contract for next year to be depth, that's fine. I won't. I yeah. won't be upset about it. Oh, I mean, I, 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 the, I think the thing that stood out about those guys is they played so freaking hard the entire yeah. year. Like there were a couple sure. times where it was just like boom, like Matt Adams is lighting. Well, those Joe are guys Thomas lighting somebody who, up. We we kind of talked about where those are guys who are trying to earn a next contract. So and right. it showed at times. Right. What one of them should be retained? I don't have a preference. I gotta go back and watch who I like more. I guess. Right. No, I'm not gonna go back and watch Matt Adams and Joe Thomas highlights. But you know, also you know, productive on special teams. I don't know if I mentioned that already. Uh, you know, they're they're flying around That's a little a bit. Thing. It is a big thing. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll bring one in the back. I'll give them both, you know, a C that's fine. They, for the role that they, again, were thrust into, they, they filled in just fine. That was not a weakness of the team. The linebacker's not a weakness of the team. Uh, moving into the secondary, which was largely the strength of this defense when everyone was healthy. Uh, we'll start with Jalen Johnson. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I have to go with a C minus for him. Wow. Just because, what? Just for this. Um, just for uh, like. Availability is a skill. Like being like availability is a skill. And like Jalen Johnson that many games. But he finished the year not on IR. Right. Like he missed most of the end of the season. Like and he was in and out. Like he missed ran he missed like a couple games here and then he came back and then he got injured and then he finished the season on IR. So availability is a skill to me. I still think he's good. I still think he can be a good player. I think he's going to be good. Next year, I'm not saying ship him off. I still think he's going to be an above average player for sure. Uh, I just, I mean, he's going to get a contract extension, no? 
I mean, you would think so. There's a chance he just plays it out, though, because, I mean, I could see Ryan Poles trying to lowball him for the injury. Like, you know, hey, you know, you weren't exactly wrong. We might have to knock this number down a little bit. So we'll see what happens. I give him a C- minus for this season. I still think there's a ton of potential there. I still think he can still be one of those island corners for you. But for this season, he was a C-. minus. Availability is a skill at a certain yeah, you're right. The greatest avail- the greatest ability is availability. You know what I mean? And especially in this league when guys are going down so much and you know the impact of injuries on a, on a bunch of teams around the league, it's important, right? And, and and he's he's had injuries. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he's been injured in his career, yeah. you know, a little he's bit. He's not the right? most I mean, healthy guy. He played 13 games in 2020, 15 in 2021, 11 in 2022. So he's never played a full season, but he also hasn't missed a ton of games. You know what I mean? He's, he's missed at least two games each year, but... Um, you know, it, it's, it's sort of, maybe it, it's probably sort of a concern. It's something to just keep your eye on. Um, yeah. and you know, maybe that is the thing that holds him back from the contract extension. Maybe it is. I mean, I, I'm, again, I'm forgetting this season was such a jumble. What did he go out with? What, what was the injury that he had to send an IR? Quad or something. So is it like soft yeah. tissue, something like that? Cause it seems it like quad. he does deal with a lot of like quad hamstring, like a lot of soft tissue muscle, muscle injuries that. You know, those are the types of things that concern you, you know, ligaments and, and, and like if he's breaking bones, fine. The bone heals, you know, all right, you're ready for next. You know what I mean? But it's like everyone remembers Alshon Jeffrey. Okay, he's out with a hamstring now. Okay, he's out with a quad. You know, those types of things do concern you when you think about the longevity and and when you think about, okay, if you're giving him a contract extension, it's probably three to four years and you expect that guy to be healthy every single game and to be your, you know, all pro, pro bowl cornerback, which he can be. I mean, Jalen Johnson has the ability to, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever be an all-pro just because I don't think he's ever going to get you five interceptions in a year. He's never going to get you six interceptions. You know, he's never going to get you those numbers that pop out when you look at guys who make you know those types of lists and get those accolades. But he's so valuable to that defense, I think. And he, and he, t- he almost always neutralizes a guy from the field. Like when... Jalen Johnson is guarding a player. Most of the time, the quarterback is not targeting him, right? I mean, that's been the narrative for Jalen Johnson, especially this year as well. He's not getting PBUs. He's not getting interceptions because the quarterback doesn't want to throw to him. doesn't want to throw to, you know, because they know that they could just target the other trash quarterbacks on the team. You know what I mean? So, you know, we'll see what happens. Actually, that's a good point. Like, say the Bears do sign James Badbury and then they've Kyler Gordon. Like, at some point, they're going to have to throw Jalen Johnson. I'll be interested to see what happens if he starts to get targeting more often I mean, we saw what happened against aj brown where he locked up brown for like the first half and then Jalen hurts was just putting balls right in the bread basket i mean there was no and also nothing. aj brown's really good yeah also aj brown's one of the top receivers in the league so it's like you know but you're in division with amara st brown and, and justin jefferson like you, you you you're seeing these guys twice a year uh jameson williams coming up too with the lions is, is nothing to joke about so uh shane ems is cough cough kind yeah exactly like there's other guys that they could throw at but uh i'll give i think c minus is bogus i mean i i i'll give him a b plus i mean he played well when he was on the field i mean the injury concern well is i think you're bogus valid sure. but <laughs> it's i don't know just what's your best defensive player after he, Jaquan Brissett? Yeah, I mean, that's just me being a... Uh... Anyway. Uh, but... So, what was I going to do? Okay, Kyler Gordon. Uh, this is a lot of projection for next year. And what happens with him is, like, he missed some games, and he started the year really slow, but then he 
started to come together and he started to come through and he started to kind of come into his own. And I think for next year, you're really encouraged by how he ended the year. And looking forward, I think you're really encouraged by what Kyler Gordon sent, sent, showed at the end of the year. So I realized I didn't give a grade there. Uh, I'll give him a B minus. I think the injuries were a little concerning the time he missed and the slow start obviously can't be ignored, but he finished strong enough for me where I still feel pretty strongly that he'll be at least solid, if not better than, you know, above average. Correct. Uh, I also had B minus same grade. How about that? Look at us. Uh, Agreed. You know, I I think the the key thing for me is the development I saw throughout the year. I mean, Kyler Gordon was, was not good earlier in the year. Um, He was struggling. You know, and he was, you know, thrust in the spotlight and he was getting targeted and teams were exposing him and teams were having no issues throwing at Kyler Gordon. They were saying, here we go. We're going at him every single time. And, you know, he really struggled. I mean, he struggled a lot in man. Uh, His tackling was always good throughout the year. But when he was put on an island in the slot with, you know, talented receivers, it, it was a struggle for him. It was it was a struggle. So but he. He was showed his ability throughout the year, beginning and end, to make plays, intercepting again both Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, intercepting uh, you know Bailey Zappi in that Patriots game on that route uh, where he you know he jumped it and read it really well. I think he's a smart player, and the most important thing for me is like this guy is a freaking athlete. Like he fits this defense when it comes to making plays, getting takeaways, finding a way to always be by the football, knocking it out like. Him and Jalen Johnson are going to be the cornerstones of this defense for the next four years. Like, I hope people understand that. Like, it's going to be, we're going to think, I think they're going to be good enough to where we're going to start thinking of nicknames for them too, right? Gordon and Briscoe, we're going to be thinking of some sort of nicknames for those guys because they're your young guys who, again, you're not paying a ton of money. They're your two second rounders. They're supposed to be pretty good. Both of them could have been first rounders, right? First round talents, we said, uh, for pretty much the entire year. Kylie Gordon, for me, gets a B minus, but his potential is still, in my eyes, a Pro Bowl-type corner. Like, he's a guy that can get six interceptions. Again, those numbers speak when it comes to the the Pro Bowl voting. I 100% think that he can be uh, a Pro Bowl-type player. And Shane says, you just need one more corner in the secondary. should be good to go. Yeah. Um, man, I, th- I, I the guy that I wanted for the Bears this draft season was Cam Taylor-Britt out of, uh, out of Nebraska. Ended up getting drafted by the Bengals. Made the game-winning interception. Uh, not game winning, but the, the game ceiling interception against the Bills this weekend. Man, they could have gotten that guy. That would have been great. Um, but I think they might turn to the draft for the last cornerback rather than signing a guy in free agency. Because, again, that's it almost feels like a luxury because Kyle Gordon has been so good and Jalen Johnson has been so good. You can probably get a guy in like the fourth round who can be good enough for you as, as CB3 considering the amount of other holes you have in the offseason. Like, I don't want to pay James Bradbury like $15 million. You know, I don't think that's I don't think that's necessary, right? Um, especially. But I mean, if you could do it and make yourself a better team, like if you can make sure you have the best secondary possibly in the league. Yeah. I mean, are we gonna be mad? You have the money, as we said multiple times. Yeah, I'm not gonna be mad. I don't know. Yeah, we'll explore it. Hey, we'll see where we go with that in the snake draft. We'll see. (laughs) All right. Well, let's. uh, I mean, do we want to do the slot corners? Uh, I mean, they they stunk. (laughs) Um. All right. Eddie Jackson, because I want to, we're both going to give Jaquan Brisker an A. Uh, Eddie Jackson, I struggle with this. Again, a guy that ended on IR, he's never going to live up to the money that you paid him. Like, that, it's just not going to hit. Like, he's not going to, he's not one of those top, top elite safety. He's good, 
And I think and I think he's not is okay, sure. where we were yeah. a couple of years ago, where it's like you got to cut him and save as much money as possible. I think he has a spot on the team, um, and I think you have to kind of balance those, you know. But the point being, I give Eddie Jackson. I because I know I just did this whole thing with Jalen Johnson. I give Eddie Jackson a C plus, and I give him the boost over Jalen Johnson because Eddie Jackson, I think, further entrenched himself as a guy that deserves a spot on a team and a guy who maybe isn't deserving of the whole contract that Ryan Pace gave him, but is still a guy who is solidly above average, can make, you know, impact plays and be a ball hawk at times, maybe not all the time, but at times and make the big play, you know, at, at certain moments. So I give Eddie Jackson a C plus. I'm excited to see him healthy next year. 100%. I'm, I'm going B minus. I thought, again, it, it's hard to dock him with the injury. It, the injury history is also a little bit concerning for you with Eddie Jackson, maybe just a little bit. Um, but the resurgence. Well, and again, you, you know, we the whole last week, right, Jake, you said, well, I, I need to do this off of expectations. Again, the expectation for Eddie Jackson was we don't know what he, if he can become what even relatively close to what he was in 2018, whereas everyone wants Eddie Jackson to be, was you're making game-winning pick sixes. You're impacting the game on almost every single play, right, with these takeaways and with just you know playing the, the, the center field role in that defense. And then when Jaquan Brisker was drafted, it was like, well, now Eddie can return to that form of being just the pure center fielder, being the roaming free safety on that defense and being the ball hawk that he is. And for the uh, before he was injured, he was living up to that. He was top five in the NFL in takeaways, top three. He led the NFL in takeaways for a couple of weeks, and then I think like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson started beating him, then he went down with injury. He was on track to be a pro bowler if he got injured. He was the leading vote-getter at the position before going down at, a, at the free safety position. So assuming he stays healthy, because IR players weren't ineligi- are, are ineligible to make the pro bowl, assuming he stays healthy, assuming he gets more interceptions, more highlight plays that are going viral on the internet, he probably, Jake, would have been a pro bowler. And if he was a pro bowler, he'd be the only pro bowler on your team Easy A plus if he was a pro bowler, right? Like 100%. So I got to give him a B minus. And the only thing docking him is the injury. Like, that's it. But if you were to grade him off the games that he played, I'd give him an A. I mean, the tackling was fine. It was better. It was better than last year. There were a couple times. And again, you just have to accept that Eddie Jackson is not the greatest tackler, right? You can't keep asking for him to be a great tackler. That's just not who he is. He has a straight. Everyone, there are very few players in this league who are great at everything. And that's what makes those greatest players great. But when it comes to Eddie Jackson, he is a great center fielder. He's a great free safety at, at, as a ball hawker. As, as he, he knocks the football out, he finds a way to get your team the ball back. He's not a great tackler, okay? Well, guess what? Don't put him in the box. Don't put him in positions to be a tackler. And that's what Allen Williams and the defense did with Eddie Jackson in place. So I'm going to give him a B minus. If he played a whole season, I think I would have given him an A based off of the production he had in the games that he played. That's fair. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any problem with that. To be honest. Like, I, like, there's no, like, holes to poke really in that. I, I get your argument. Yeah. I mean, I like Eddie Jackson too, man. He won the ball. They gave away that ball hawk award thing. Yeah, which was kind of weird that he got that without, like, Finishing the season, season. <laughs> like I mean, I guess in, in a season where there weren't a lot of takeaways, I, I guess that's just like, and it's a boost for him too, I guess. Um, all right, let's do Brisker really quick. I mean, I still think I, Scott's put in the chat that he still made too many rookie mistakes no. to get an A. 
I think he got an A just because wire to wire, he was awesome. He's like the best it, there, player, was he not? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. And just like from wire to wire, he was good. Like from game one, you know, to game 17, he was really good. And obviously, we all remember the interception against the Patriots and he led the league in sacks. Um, I definitely agree with, you know, rookie mistakes. But are we not confident that he's going to, those are going to get ironed out? Like, I don't think those are things that are going to come up again. Like, I don't think that's what's going to, you know, preclude him from being a star in this league. I think he's still going to be really, really good. So I give it brisker an A. Still. And I think the critical thing is when you think about those rookie mistakes, like what were they? A lot of them, I think, were mental mistakes, right? J- just little mental mistakes. Just, just you know, not understanding maybe, you know, where to be in certain, uh, on certain plays, right? You know, shooting the gap at the wrong time, you know, you know cutting off a route, right? Like, and, and those are things that are easier to be cleaned up than, you know, actual physical flaws in his game. Like, oh, this guy is just not physical enough. He's not fast enough. He's not a great tackler. He's not a great ball hawk, right? Like, those things are all for sure. He's he's a phenomenal tackler. He can he can play at, a, at any spot. He can play in the box. He can play back deep. He can get you takeaways. He can tackle really well. I already said that, right? The mental mistakes can be ironed out. Take Justin Fields for an example. I mean, last year, everyone's like, well, this guy can't read the field. This guy's an idiot. And then, you know, completely figures it out. One offseason, if they if he's smart enough to say, hey, if I'm just going to sit down, I'm going to do this work in the offseason, I'm going to figure out where to be, I'm going to not make a single mistake mentally, then yeah, he, he can be an all-pro player. Jaquan Britsker can be an all-pro player. Like, this guy is that good. He's really freaking good. He's going to get a contract extension after next year, I imagine, if he plays really well. It'll be it'll be that soon, or actually, that's too soon, um, uh, unless he goes crazy. So, I am all in on <clears throat> Jaquan Brisker. That guy is really freaking good. Let's see. Shane put his tax, uh, put his stats in the t- uh, in the chat. Four sacks, five tackles for loss, one interception, one fumble recovery, and one forced fumble. I mean, he's he's your do it all guy. He's was your best player on defense. A for Jaquan Brisker again. You know, second runner lived up to the potential, lived up to the expectations for me. Um, I give him an A. Yeah, one hundred percent. Uh, all right, let's do this snake draft real quick of uh, free agent moves that we want to I don't want to go first. Can we Why? Flip a coin? Everyone, I know what you're going to do no, anyway. But you don't know what I'm going to do. That's not what I'm going to do. Fine, you want me to go first? Sure. Well, so we'll do snake. So I go one, then you get yes. two, then I get two. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. So I get two, three, and then you get, you get four. And then I get four, five. Yes, correct, correct, correct. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a snake draft with two people. I can't be that. Can't be that hard, can't. All right. Uh, I mean, my first free agent move is going to be signing Orlando Brown Jr. It's like, I see. I Listen, I want to hear your explanation first because I, I, I don't what, like what it is, What is the explanation that needs to be made? I don't know. I, He's I the don't top know. offensive lineman on the market. You have a hole at off all over the offensive line. Like I, Braxton Jones is not precluding me from signing Orlando sure. Brown Jr. You just can't. You can't do that. You find another spot for Braxton Jones if that's the case. You move him to right tackle. I agree, but th- this isn't about Braxton Jones anymore for me. Did you watch that Jaguars Chiefs game? He did not play one game. I know, game, I know, Kevin. but this is this is I say I'm, this has been a thing. This has been a thing. He had a he had a he had a oh bad start to the year, and then he would turn into one of again he returned to being a top three left tackle in the league for like the second half of the season. But I'm starting to get worried here that maybe his best days are behind him, and you don't know that for sure. But again, when you are talking about the most coveted player in free agency, going to cost you probably. T- 18 to $20 million a year, 
something in that range, right? And he's he's already he's you I can believe, afford it. I believe he's gonna be twenty seven. Yes, I'm not. Yes, you can't afford it. But it's just because you afford it doesn't mean you neglect value. And I'm a little bit worried that he's not going to be worth that value for the next four years. Just what from from what I've seen, you know, this year again. We are getting here. Like, this is a classic situation of getting caught up in a name, right? This guy has been a name for so many, right? He's, he's but just, he's, he's had the production to back it up. No, oh, he's had the production for years. But this year has been a little bit shaky. It's been a little bit too shaky for me to be compl- Like, if they were to sign Orlando Brown Jr., I'm a happy man. Don't get me wrong. I'm a happy man. That Your team gets better with Orlando Brown Jr. Don't get me wrong. It gets better. But knowing how keen they are on value... I'm not sure he's going to be worth $80 million over the next four years when at the end of that, he's going to be on the wrong side of 30. And not By like one it year. really matters. Not like it really matters. And yeah, it doesn't really matter at left tackle. But getting, I'm just... Kevin, do we, do we not agree that athletes generally enter their prime at 27, though? You're getting his most prime years, arguably. In what sports contract that is signed around this time in that 26-27 range and goes into the threes does does end up right. Like how much? What percentage? It's not high. Like if you're the Bears, you need to. This is a move you have to make. It's aggressive and it's poignant and it, it addresses a need immediately. Like I'm I'm okay. And Scott's been in the chat. His best years might have been at right tackle. Great. That's still a position of need. I'm fine with that. Like okay, keep Braxton Jones at left tackle then. Great. You, like, you'll figure something out because he's a very, very talented tackle. and He's going to be the undisputed number one offensive lineman on the market this year. If you're a team in the Bears position with a young quarterback like Justin Fields, that's a move you got to make. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I look, again, I'm a happy man if it happens. I'm just worried about if his best days are behind him. right? Because, again, this does happen. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know this happens where, okay, top name. Si- like, take... Khalil Mack with the Chargers. And yeah, Khalil Mack's older, but top name. Sign. He's just not the same player. He's not worth what they're paying him. He's just not. And I, there's no way to really know, right? I mean, like, Bears fans, when, when you watch Chiefs Bengals, watch, like, Orlando Brown Jr. every play. Like, when I'm watching the game, I'm not watching him. You know, I, I can't tell you if he played a great game. I just know that he, again, he let up the pressure that led to the Mahomes injury. He was, it seemed like he was in the, you know, the backfield getting pressure a little bit more, you know, more often than usual. Uh, I'm trying to look back at, yeah, okay, so right tackle with Baltimore in 2018, 2019, and 2020 when he was a, uh, a pro bowler in 2019, 2020. So, hey, that's a good point. If you pitch this narrative that, hey, he, he had his better years at right tackle, let's bring him in, move him to right tackle, keep Braxton Jones at left tackle, then I agree with you. Then I'm totally all in on, on yes, that is a consensus number one free agency uh, you know, pick in the snake draft. So good point. I am Scott's, our resident offensive line expert in the chat, That's bringing true. that up. Uh, he, he's always telling us, hey, this guy played left tackle in 2014 for the <laughs> fucking Jaguars. Okay. Uh, and also, hey, you know, the the Chiefs connection was real for Byron Pringle and, and that signing. Sure. It, it I mean, might I, be real for Orlando Brown Jr. I don't think he was the Jr. most coveted guy ever, but. What's that? I don't think Byron Pringle yeah, had, sure. you know, teams lining up outside his door. No, but 100% not. But I'm, the, the Bears weren't the only team, I'm sure, to inquire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so if, again, that just gives you leverage. If Orlando Brown Jr. were going to choose a different team, might as well go choose that relationship you already have with Ryan Poles uh, in when he was in Kansas City in 2021. So Jake goes Orlando Brown Jr. consistent number one overall. All right, go uh, ahead and do Pollard and OBJ. Get it out of the way. 
No, see that? I, wow. I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to do that, actually. Well, I don't think I was going to do poly. You, you threw me into a, a little bit of a, I don't, I don't know. You, 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 you got me, you got me in a bind here, right? Got you riled because up. you got me riled up. I wouldn't have done Pollard number one overall. I would not have done Pollard number one okay. pick in the snake draft. But I will do him number two. I will do I will do signing Tolly Pollard as okay. a number two pick in this snake draft. Again, I'm not gonna reiterate it. He's a guy that can change the complexion of your offense. And here's the thing, right? People in the six seven the score chat today on Twitch were Oh Tony, no, no Pollard, he just broke his leg. No, no. That could be This that, is good. That could knock this his price is down. Is yeah. You good. gotta make sure those I get, but you do have to make sure those medicals come back clean. Yes, but here's like you got to be positive I, about that. If he had torn his ACL, I'd say you might want to stay away. Sure. He broke his fibula. Do you guys know anything about health? It's, he's fine. You break your fibula, guess what? It heals and you're fine. There's no, if this was a ligament issue, a, a soft tissue issue, yeah, there's reason to be concerned. He, a clean break of the leg. Guess what? The bone heals. He's back just fine. There's no long-lasting effects of a broken bone in comparison to, to a ligament injury. He's going to be fine. And guess what? Because teams are stupid, they'll probably be worried about it. He's going to be cheaper. He's 100% going to be che- He might be cheaper because of that injury. Like, this might work out perfectly for the Bears. You might get him for under $10 million. And this is a guy who is explosive. He can change the complexion of your offense. You know, think about Tony Pollard and Justin Fields in the background on zone reads and RPOs. Like, I, it just, it's beautiful. I love it. So I'm going to go Tony Pollard number two. Number three, I'm kind of confused. Like, to me, there's a significant drop-off after this. Like, I don't think, like, the free agency class, like, outside of Orlando Brown Jr. and Tony Pollard, there's, like, no one that really, like, t- you know, no one that kind of tickles your fancy, right? Like, there's no you're one good, that You're going to pick OBAJ. Just get it no, over I'm not. with. We know where I, this I don't is know going. where this came from. He's not even on my notes here. He's not that even is on my notes. shocking to me. He's not on my notes. You've I mean, been I, banging the drum for this guy for over a year. I've been banging the drum for him for over a year. And now he's not even on your on list of free agents? Yeah, because it hasn't really been on my mind. I mean, I don't know. I haven't really... Th- like, just simply because the, the, the solution of wide receiver has, to me, either been through trading for DeAndre Hopkins or Mike Evans or for drafting somebody. Like, the solution Fine. for me hasn't been OBJ. Like, it hasn't been the viable solution for me. Plus, I just don't know where his head's at. It's just weird with his situation. Like, I want, I would love OBJ on the Bears, but if you're saying here are three options, draft Jack Smith and Jigba, trade for DeAndre Hopkins or sign OBJ, you're taking Jack Smith and Jigba or DeAndre Hopkins every single time. So he's just sort of low on the list of, of options for me. Um, I'm going to go Deron Payne here. I'm going to go signing Deron Payne. Uh, that's a name that a lot of people have become you know, familiar with. He's now a Pro Bowl alternate. Uh, I believe he's replacing Aaron Donald, who opted out. So this is a guy who had a, a great year uh, with the Commanders, was wreaking havoc. was one of the real reasons their defense was so solid down the stretch, led to a bunch of wins for them. He is your fix, I believe, up front. And him and Justin Jones can make some noise. But hey, if we do talk about Justin Jones being that cap casualty that we mentioned, Deron Payne slots in just fine. You talk about a three-tech who can take over this defense. Young, athletic, talented. Give me Deron Payne, pick number three. Okay. So that brings it back to me for my two uh, picks, uh, my yep, second four, and third picks. You go. Um, my first one is going to be uh, Dion Bush. Right, right. Really? Devin Bush. Dion Bush is a former safety of the Bears. Devin Bush. That's why I was, I was like, I hold on, I got, I got crossed up here somewhere. Wait, uh, really? Devin Bush. 
And well, because here's why. No, you know what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of Deion Jones. I'm okay. an idiot. Okay. I'm thinking of Deion Jones, the linebacker. I was say, Devin Bush is not. So he, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a moron. I'm talking about Deion Jones, linebacker from Cleveland. He's 28, and Kevin in 10 games, he had 39 tackles, three sacks, three QB hits, and one interception. We just talked about linebacker. We think Jack Sanborn is going to be a guy that can be solid and can make a bunch of tackles and can just, you know, be super solid with the high floor. Jones, if he's healthy, is young enough where he can still be an impact player. and You're still getting a couple of years of his prime before it kind of starts to decline in for real. And in 10 games, they have, you know, three sacks, three quarterback hits and an interception and almost 40 tackles. I think that's great production. If you can... If you think you can keep him healthy for a full season, I think that makes you know the Bears at the second level even more stout. So my second one is going to be Deion Jones, the a linebacker from Cleveland. And then my third one, I'm going to go back to offensive line just because it's such a position of need. And I'm going to go someone you could get on the cheap, though. Like someone who's not going to cost you that much, and you have a connection here already with him. I'm going to go Matt Pryor, the guard from Indianapolis. You ha- also 28, also getting his best years. Really, for me, it's just more about insurance for Cody Whitehair or and or Lucas Patrick, just because those are in interior offensive linemen who you've had injury issues with them. And Cody Whitehair, we're not sure about this decline that may or may not be happening with him. So I'll go prior. I don't think he's going to cost an extreme amount of money. He's young enough. You have the connection with Matty Refluse. I'll go Matt Pryor as my third. It's not bad. It's a name that I was I was considering, but I that offensive line at Indy was so bad. It was so bad this year. So I, again, I would have to go back right. and, and watch how. That's how more insurance it, on my part. Sure, but and here's the thing. Actually, you raise a good point. Again, this is the player I had written down as a potential cap casualty. Cody Whitehair, right? So you take a look at his his 2023 cap savings, Jake. Ten million dollars. Dead cap of four million. Okay, 2024 dead cap of $4 million. So you're carrying that dead cap over in 2024. But I'm, you might cut Cody White here. I mean, this is, yeah. he's getting older. He's less athletic now. He's, uh, you know, he, he's been unhealthy. You might cut Cody White here if you're looking at $10 million in 2023 cap savings. It's interesting to look at. It, 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 sure. it's, it's very interesting to look at. Um, I'm going to go here. Ooh, where am I going to go? Should I go linebacker or should I go tackle first? I probably need to find... I haven't picked anyone on the offensive line. I probably should do that. Um, underrated name here. Sayumalo. Okay? okay, right guard. One of the best offensive lines in football in Philadelphia. 7.8 raw athleticism score. Great speed. Solid explosiveness. Fits the athleticism they seek on the offensive line. Is going to be 30 next year. Um, I don't know what the opportunity is to flex Tevin Jenkins to left guard in the event that happens. Uh, that's something really to really want to move him around more? I don't know. I, it seems like they're not done shuffling this offensive line, right? Sure. I and mean, we already talked about the scenarios. Well, you know, Orlando Brown Jr., maybe he does stay at left tackle. That Okay, Braxton Jones was a right tackle. I don't know. I think they might be worth exploring. Now, you're right. They might say, hey, finally, we found a good spot for Tevin. Let's keep him at right guard. Seumalu can probably also play left guard. I got to look at his history. Um, but this is a guy who's going to be really cheap, was a part of the one of the, the best offensive line of football in Philadelphia. Really, he's younger. Uh, or He'll be 30 next year. Sorry. He'll be 30 next year. He's not younger. But again, 
that number doesn't matter as much for offensive linemen as it does for other skill possessions. Allowed zero quarterback hits over the last eight games. He's going to be cheaper for you. Again, I'm looking for value, guys. Um, like, I don't think Mike McGlinchey is going to be worth $11 million. Like, this is a guy who hasn't been very good. He's the most penalized player on that offensive line. His offensive line coach said openly in a press conference that he's showed progress, but he has a lot to work on. Like, dude, this is year five of him, I think, or year four or five. Like, dude, no more. Like, you're either good at this point or you're not. Like, I don't think that's a fixable product who has all this potential that's untapped. Like, he is what he is, and he's fine. But, again, this is all about value for me. Isaac Siomalo, it's a name you guys have probably never heard before, but he slotted in there for that Philly offensive line. He's been really freaking good. So I'm going to go with him. And is this my last pick or not? Or I got, this is my no, fourth you got, pick. Yeah. And that's um, back to I'm, me for my last two. And then get the last. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to linebacker here, similar with you. I'm going to go Leighton Vanderesh. I was between Leighton okay. Vanderesh or Azir, uh, Aziz Al Shair with the 49ers, who was the highest graded player for the 49ers yesterday against the Cowboys. Really fast and explosive. He's a player to keep your eye on. But Leighton Vanderesh also in that game yesterday showed out. Like that guy yep. played really well. Um, he's been hurt a little bit in his career. That concerns you. But this is a guy who can fly around the field. He hits hard. He seems like he fits the mold of uh, the Bears defense, the way he's got that, that neck thing. That, the that, neck what do you roll. call those things? The neck roll. The neck roll, yeah. He just reminds you of Dick Buckus. I don't know. Sure. Reminds you of Erlacher. Uh, I'm going to go Leighton Vanderesh here. Again, they do need probably one more guy at the linebacker position. You said your guy was Deion Jones, who I like as well. Um, but also health injuries for him. That's the reason he got run out of uh, Atlanta, despite being really, really good there. Uh, and then what do you say? He played nine games in Cleveland this year? Ten. 10 games, so something to keep your eye on. Um, but yeah, either Leighton Vanderish or Aziz Al Shair, those are the two guys I love. But for the sake of the draft, I'll go Leighton Vanderish. All right, my last two uh, are going to be kind of. I, I haven't addressed defensive line yet, so let me start with that. I'm going to go stick with my brand, former Illinois defensive end. Oh, no. Duane Smoot, 27. Okay. He's been really solid for the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. You can't, like, that is not. He's unrestricted free agent. This could be one of those defensive ends. I mean, if you want to pair him up, pair him with Will Anderson. I don't know. Or pair him with Robinson. One of the two. But he's been really solid. He's not super splashy. He's not going to make, but he makes impact plays. He's dependable. I really like him and addresses a position of need. My last one, and this might be a little, it helps you poach from an interdivisional rival and also could kick the offense up into another gear. Neither of us has taken wide receivers yet, notably. You took Tony I Pollard, but we haven't taken wide receivers. And there's no reason to. They all stink. Don't you dare say Alan Lazard, bro. No, oh. no. I'm going a tight end. Okay. And it's not Kasicki, and it's not uh, Schultz. No. It's oh. Irv Smith from Minnesota. Yes. Good. So this guy's 24. Good. He's had all this potential. And obviously with Kirk Cousins, who is not an explosive playmaker, and also you're sharing targets with Thielen and Jefferson, not a lot there. And now Hawkinson gets brought in as well. Vikings are probably going to let him walk. He's young. He's got insane measurables. He's like he's super long and tall. Put him behind Cole Komet, who's Justin Fields' safety blanket, obviously. If you bring in Irv Smith cheap to be that second tight end, a receiving threat, you might unlock something here with the offense, being able to go two tight ends, and then that'll mitigate maybe the wide receiver needs as well. Maybe you're not pressed as much to draft a wide receiver early. You kind of let see if someone falls. Possibly. It's just something to think about. Guy's known for his receiving more so than his blocking or anything else, but Minnesota never really got to unlock that potential with him. I think the Bears potentially could there with Justin Fields and his, you know, kind of 
um, improvising ability might be good for someone like Irv Smith. So he's my final pick. This is a name that I have written down as well. I don't think I would have taken him that early. I think you reached on Irv Smith. my last pick. I think think you reached. I think there's other guys available, Jake. I think there's other guys available. But Irv Smith is a, is a good name. They're gonna they're gonna find some sort of upgrade at tight end too, right? Whether it's in the draft, uh, fourth sure. fifth round, or whether it is Irv Smith Jr. Uh, it's not gonna be Schultz or Gasecki. Those guys would replace Kolkomet. You don't need that, right? Uh, but I think that's a Robert Tunyon's another guy to think about. I like it. I mean, Ursula Jr., he caught a touchdown in the playoff game. He had five touchdowns last year in 13 games. Uh, he's a red zone threat. Uh, he can be a factor. I'm fine with that. I like it. I like it. I think that's a good pick, and I think it's, I think it's possible, too. I think it's possible. I mean, if yeah, you know that, hey, you're not going to just completely get all these great talented wide receiver, well, guess what? You, there's right, that's part of this upgrade. exercise, too. Like, we have to look a little bit farther down. Like, you can't, we, like, we could sit here all day and go, top free agent in every position. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I know I did Orlando Brown Jr., but, like, that's a position of need, and you have the money. Yeah. Like, you, we, you can't get everyone. You can't get everyone. Right, exactly. Um, my last pick here, I'm going to go back to D. What do I do? Do I go back? Do I go offense? What do I do? I'm going to go back to D. I'll, 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 go, I'll go cornerback here, actually. I know I said I probably don't think that they'll, they'll sign a cornerback in free agency. Um. Or, or that they want to sign a big name. But this guy isn't a big name, but he's actually pretty good, and he's cheap. Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy played really well with the Arizona Cardinals this past year. Uh, was, was their top corner. He's 24, really talented, athletic, fits the mold of the defense, going to fit right in. Him or Cam Sutton, I, I think, are your two top options at cornerback. But Byron Murphy's going to be a little bit cheaper. Again, they're not going to get the top guy every position. I'm going to go Byron Murphy here. Um, I, I just, I like the way that he plays every time that I've watched him, I've been impressed with the way he covers and, and, and his, his ability to, to get pass breakups and takeaways. Give me Byron Murphy. That's going to round out my draft here. A couple other names I had on here, just to be sure though, just, just so people know. I had Anthony Barr on there, linebacker for the Cowboys. I had Robert Tunyon on there. I had Mike McGlinchey on there. I had Tremaine Edmonds, which is a name a lot of people uh, are intrigued by yeah. now. Uh, again, linebacker for the Bills. And I had Marcus Davenport on there too. Um, a little bit older, but pretty talented edge rusher, Marcus Davenport, if you're still looking for an upgrade there. So, and Caleb McGarry, offensive guard for the Atlanta Falcons, and Jawan Taylor, tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who's 25 and, and showcased really good pass blocking skills this year. Two other names to keep your eye on. But let's uh, real quick go through it. What, what was your top five? What were, what were your five picks? So I went Orlando Brown Jr., Deion Jones, and what's his face? Uh, from the Colts. Uh get his name. Uh I'm I went, it too. Uh Matt Pryor. I almost said Gary Pryor. Uh Matt Pryor from the Colts. And then I went um Irv Smith and who was my last one? God damn. The one who was your last one? Did you not do one more? Oh, Duan Smoot. Duan Smoot. Okay, I had Tony Pollard, Jerome Payne, Isaac Sayumalu, Leighton Vanderish, and Byron Murphy. Let us know what you guys think of these picks uh, on our Twitter, on our Instagram, at Bears Nation Pod. Look at that. Look at that plug for the socials. TikTok, Bears Nation Pod. Yeah, we're not good at that. We got to do better. (laughs) Like, that shit, to me, like, that is, like, that's the most BS thing in all of, like, sports media is, like, promotions like that. Like, people are going to find you anyway. Like, like... How many people are going to listen to their, like, hey, I'm actually going to go look at their Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, very few. So Helps, Kevin. Helps. Does it? I don't know. I 
Um, although we did get more followers like the two weeks in a row that I plugged both of our grammar. Oh, did oh, no. we? Oh, get the hell out of this. You don't, I you noticed an uptick up. on my account. Okay. You don't know Enough that. of you. Get I'm sick of you. Uh, all right. Well, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. Went through a lot today. Gave you a lot of start grades. And then we did the free agent draft. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let us know what you think at Bears Nation Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Jake underscore HAS2. He's at Kev Charles 112. I'm not going to do Instagram. Those are the Twitters. Uh, if you really want to find us on Instagram, go for it. Uh, but it's not that important. Uh, but yeah, that's that. This has been another awesome episode. Thank you to all the commenters, everybody that came to view, everybody that's listening after the fact. We appreciate each and every one of you more than you will ever know. You guys are the best, and we appreciate you greatly. This has been Bears Nation Podcast. We will be back. Until then, bear down. out.